on just a second. I got to find my headphones. Oh, hi everyone! Welcome to this edition of the Ask the Garden Geek podcast. Found my headphones. I just followed the cord. The headphones wound up on the floor. I followed the cords, and they're down there, right where they shouldn't be. Uh, I should put them on so I can hear myself and hear the music and all that good type of stuff. How are you doing? It is mid-December, and the Christmas holiday is almost here, as the Jewish holidays and, and a bunch of holidays are showing up this time of year. And bless you all for all of those holidays. I still get emails about this, and I don't know why. I have absolutely no idea why I still get emails about this, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do what you got to do. And people are saying, but Michael, how can I preserve my Christmas tree? Let me tell you the way I do it. Several years ago, well, when I bought this house 14 years ago, I, on, on the very first Christmas in the house, as me, as a single dad, uh, I went out and I spent a lot of money. Uh, not that much, but uh, a couple hundred bucks, maybe 250 bucks. And uh, I bought an artificial Christmas tree at Home Depot or Lowe's. I think I bought it at Lowe's. And what I liked about it is you didn't have to stick the individual little branches into it. It came in a box, everything was folded up, and the lights were all installed. I thought, oh, that's, that's nice. All I had to do is just like pull everything out and fluff it up and make it look nice. So I did that. And then I said, well, it needs ornaments. Well, guess where all my ornaments were? Yeah, yeah, you're right. They were with the other, you know, the, the former Mrs. Crows. She kept all the ornaments. So I said, I'm going to do this rather simplistic. And I went to one of the stores and I bought silver little balls, silver little, you know, those, those, those thingies. And I bought gold ones, silver and gold. And I just slapped them all over the tree. And the tree looked marvelous. It looked marvelous. And that was my tree uh, for until 2013. Uh, so I bought the house in 2007. And in 2013, that was no longer my tree because I was in the hospital. I spent the entire month of December and half of January in the hospital. Uh, where, you know, I, but while I was there, the lovely ex Mrs. Kroos got into my house. Well, my, you know, some of my children had keys and she got into the house and she borrowed my Christmas tree because they didn't have one for whatever reason. So she borrowed my Christmas tree and off we went. Well, I didn't have a Christmas tree because I was in the hospital. So she borrowed my Christmas tree and took my ornaments, everything, all gone, out the door and gone, just disappeared. So, uh, but that was fine. She could borrow it. I had no problem with her borrowing the Christmas tree. So the next thing you know, I get out of the hospital, I recover. Life is good. Guess what comes around? Christmas comes around. And I go out into the garage to get my Christmas tree and it's not there. And then I remembered vaguely that she had borrowed it. So I picked up the Fenortner, and I dialed her up. And I said, I need my tree back. Can I get my, my tree back? And she said, oh, I threw your tree away. I said, you what? 
She goes, well, it was old. I threw it away. I said, well, not old. I bought it in 2007, and this is 2013. And it worked well. Yeah, it looked lovely, but I threw it away. And uh, I said, okay. She goes, well, my boyfriend got kind of mad, who's now her husband, uh, that we were using your tree. So I threw it away. I said, okay. And I went out and bought a new tree. And when I bought the new tree, I said, I'm not getting a big tree because it's, you know, it's just me. So I bought this little tiny tree. It comes in a box just like the other tree. It was just like the other tree, only smaller. It was mini tree. And it has all the lights on it. Comes out of a box. Just fluff it out real good. I put no ornaments on it. I just slapped it on this table in front of my front window. And uh, so you could see the tree all lit up at night. And the, the lights blink. And, and you know, that, that was it. You know, that, that was my tree. And I still use that tree to this day. So that's my suggestion. I know. But you're saying, but Michael, I want a live tree. I said, okay, you're getting a live tree? All right, here's what you do when you get the tree. And by the way, I learned this from my late father. Because my late father, when we lived in Michigan, where it was freezing cold, he owned a propane gas company. And one of the things he did every year is the Boy Scouts sold Christmas trees. They had a Christmas tree lot. And he set up these propane gas heaters that kind of blew heat all around the area where the cash register and where all of them work so people could come there and warm up. And he, he did that every year. That was his thing. So I would go there and hang out with him when I was young, and you know we'd show up. And he says, and I got to be quite an expert. When you get a new tree from the place, you know, where you buy, you know, and I'm not seeing a lot of people selling live trees this year like I have in the past. I'm just not. They used to be everywhere. They used to be just everywhere. I'm just not seeing them. But when you get the tree, you want to cut the bottom of it off. And you want to cut the bottom of it off, I want to say, in a 45-degree angle, but not so much that much, but a little bit of an angle. But you want to cut that off, fresh cut. You got a fresh cut, Right. Then you're going to put the tree in the tree stand. And then you're going to fill that tree stand with water. And then there's two things that you can do. And now I will tell you what I have always been the most successful with. They give you this little stuff or they sell you this little stuff to put in there, the sprinkle in there to preserve the tree. I don't use it. I uh, have in the past just taken sugar and put it in there, you know, let it dissolve in there. But the main thing, then I stopped doing that, and I just took Super Thrive and uh, a cap full of Super Thrive in a gallon of water, and I would pour it in the tree. And I kept the gallon of water handy, and when that would evaporate, I'd pour more in there. And the tree just lasted, you know, through the whole Christmas season. And then you take the tree down, and by the way, did very much less shedding, much less everything when that all happened. So that was very, very good. One of my fondest memories of having a live tree is in the 70s when I owned a condo. I lived in a condo, second floor condo. And when Christmas was over and it was time to take the tree down, instead of, you know, I was going to take, you had to take it down and haul it out to the street. Well, instead of dragging it out the door and down the stairs, I took it out to the patio and I threw it off the balcony into the yard, which was close to the street, and then drug it to the street. And it was just just fun. I just come running in, I threw it. And I figured after I threw it, I said, maybe I should have looked to see if anybody was down there. Uh, but luckily, everything was fine. 
So that's that's about the Christmas stuff. Now, here's what we're going to do. The mail just came, and we're going to open my mail here on the podcast. Uh, only because, well, this one, this one is from Chase. They want me to get a credit card with them. Uh, let's see. We're going to put that one in the shredder. Let's see. It is now shredding. All right. All right, shut off, Shredder. Thank you. And now this one from Timber Press. And it says, Ask the Garden Geek with Michael Crows, Biz Talk Radio, who I'm no longer with, but they have my at home address to sit. And I, I always get a lot of gardening books. I have not opened this yet. So this is going to be like they do on that, that YouTube thing. It's going to be an open the book and, and we'll look at the book right here live on the podcast, which is not live, and uh, we shall go from there. It's a hardback, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, when you these padded envelopes, when you rip them open, all the stuff comes out, gets in your nose, gives you... Nah. All right, here it is. Boom. There's the book. Is there a press release? Let's see what I got here. Yes, there's a press release. What's the name of the press? Oh, what's the name of the book? Nature, it has a bird on it. Nature's Best Hope, A New Approach to conservation that starts in your yard by Douglas D. Ptolemy. Now, it's a, it's not a big book. It's a, well, it's a normal size hardcover book. And as I open it up and look at it, I'll go into the press release here in just a minute. There's a bunch of color pictures of butterflies and zebras and fairy tales. No, wait a minute. Uh, not that, but let's, let's see here. Let's look at some of the chapters, shall we? How we're going to save the world starting in my yard. And in my yard, the way I'm saving the world is I'm using 95% organic fertilizer only, and now only organic pesticides when I need them. I need, okay, I need my readers. This print is small and I'm old. Let me pop on the readers here. Contents. Okay, let's take a look at this. By the way, how much does this book cost? It doesn't say. It maybe it'll say in the cover. It doesn't say, but it's probably expensive. Uh, copyright 2019 by Douglas L. Tawani. All rights, uh, Tawami. Uh, all rights reserved by Timber Press. Printed in China. Mm, I like that. Uh, one, The Dreamers, Chapter Two: A New Approach to Conservation. Number three: The Importance of Connectivity. Number four, shrinking the lawn. Oh, they want you to make your lawn smaller. Got to go into that one and look. Homegrown National Park, rebuilding carrying capacity. Our alien plant beds. Huh? Are alien plants bad? Okay. Restoring insects, the little things that run the world. What have weeds done to us lately? Will it work? What each of us can do. Concluding remarks. All right, I want to go to 51, uh, page 51 here. Let's, let's run over to page 51 because I want to see what he says. Because most environmentalists hate lawns like poison. They do. They just hate lawns like poison. And I absolutely love lawns. I'm a turf grass kind of guy. You know, I'm just a turf grass kind of guy. So, got to go to page 51. I'm old. I 
Okay, there's a nice picture of a lawn, so we're getting close. And shrinking the lawn. Yeah, let's look at this. At recent meeting of the Pennsylvania Native Plant Society, I met a woman who shared an increasingly common horror story with me with hopes of bringing some wildlife back to her property. She had installed a native meadow in her front yard. I know none of the particulars, its size or design, and the location of her house is relative to development which she lives in, her choice of plants, and how well she maintained her meadow. Anyway, I don't know what he's saying. Let's, 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 I don't have time. Let's go to the press release. Press release always tells everything. And then you'll, I might have this guy on as a guest, especially if I can argue with him because I'm kind of in that kind of mood. Um, let's see. Today, only 5% of the lower 48 states is anything close to functioning, self-sustaining ecological condition. And in just the past 20 years, numerous species of once common native bees, butterflies, birds, and other animals have nearly vanished. According to entomologist, ecologist, and New York Times best-selling uh, author, Bringing Nature Home, Douglas Talamai, the cultivation of non-native plants is a major culprit. Oh, my goodness. Um, and it says, conservation starts in your yard. Talmani lays out the problem, but he also offers a cure. The cure will deliver enormous physical and psychological and critical environmental benefits to all in which nearly everyone can participate at any scale. He explains that turf grass lawns and beds planted with non-native species are strikingly unproductive, providing little nourishment for insects, birds, and animals, and blah, 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 blah. So far, as I look through this whole thing, I'm not impressed. It, and uh, here's his rev reviews. He gets all these non wonderful reviews. And, uh, oh, questions and answers. When they send you these things, they send you questions that uh, they want you to ask the guest if you're going to have the guest on the show. I have heard that invasive plants disrupt ecosystems. Are ecosystems really so fragile that a single invasive plant can harm it? That's a question. And then it says, can a single tumor uh, disrupt your entire body ecosystem? Yeah, cute. Okay. Uh, and then he goes on a little bit. Why should I care if birds are disappearing? I don't even like birds. I don't like birds. Birds don't like me. I like dogs. Dogs love me. I like cats. Cats love me. I love kids. Kids love me. I'm a grandpa. Come on. I'm a nice guy. Birds, I don't like birds. They don't like me. But anyway, um, birds are an excellent ecological indicators, canaries, uh, in a coal mine, if you will. They would not be disappearing if the ecosystems that support them were functioning properly or if there weren't a bunch of stray cats out eating literally thousands of birds. If you have a cat, keep the cat in the house, okay? I have two cats. They never go outside. Uh, how can we hope to build homegrown national parks in the nation so culturally and politically polarized that we cannot even agree on whether or not the sky is blue? Boy, that's a dumb question. Let's move on to the next one. No, let's don't. Um, anyway, the name of the book, I'll put this over here, is Nature's Best Hope. And I'm not going to read it because I just am not. 
So maybe you want to read it. You can buy it at Amazon, I'm sure. I wonder how much this, I'm looking for what this thing cost. And I, I don't see a cost, but I'm going to bet it's like 25 bucks or more because there is a lot of uh, color pictures in it. And that always winds up being uh, very expensive, even though the book was printed in China, probably by slave children. I'm sorry, that's bad. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this book. I'm going to, I'm not going to give every one of you this book. I'm going to give one of you this book. One of you gets the book. And I have to come up with something that I want you to do in order to win the book. Okay. You have to be a female. You have to be a female that uh, I would want to date or who would want to date me. There you go. How's that? Uh, by the way, I am old uh, and I'm somewhat fat. I'm incredibly good looking still, which is amazing. And I've got great pipes. You know, I, I speak well. Uh, but I'm only going to give this one to a woman because I, I just, that's just my rule. I've, I've given things to just men before. So don't, you know, just don't go there. This one, woman only, close to my age. I'm in my 60s. You can be as low as in your late 40s. And I, that, that even scares me. By the way, I have not been on a date in, um, I have not been on a date. I'm trying to think how many years it's been since I've been on a date. My last girlfriend and I broke up four years ago last August. And I haven't gone out since then. I have not, not gone out there with anyone since then. So you have to be my age. I'm not asking you out on a date, but I just want to see what's out there. You know, I just do. So send me your picture. And uh, the, and by the way, uh, the first one who does it, you know, and I check on the email, gets the book. Now, if more of you send in pictures, and I like them, I have other books. Maybe I'll send out other books. All depends. All depends. We're not a radio show anymore. We're a podcast. And, you know, we're just catching on. So we'll see. We'll see. But the first female that is my dating age, who sends me a picture, gets the book, Nature's Best. And, and, and I'm not going to write you. The only thing I'm going to do is stick the book in an envelope and send it to you. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to stalk you unless you're like incredibly good looking. No, I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm just throwing this out there. So that, that's how you get the book. And as sexist as that may sound, the next time I give away a book, it's only going to be a man who is close to my age. So how's that? But this time, woman. First one, I get an email. If I get more and I like them, I'll dig up some other stuff to send out. So that's that's the way it is. You're listening to Ask the Garden Geek. My name is Michael Kroos. And I hope, oh, by the way, you the email. Yeah, you got to send me an email. Ah, get with the program, Michael. Michael.Kroos, C-R-O-S-E, at gmail. Dot com. Michael. Dot, by the way, you can be married and send me the picture because I'm not asking you on a date. You can be married and send me the picture and you'll get the book. So like if you're a guy and you want the book, send me, you know, have your wife send me a picture. I'm not, you know, I'm not nothing torrid, nothing. Uh, just, 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 just Michael.Kroos at gmail.com. That's Michael.Kroos at gmail.com. Yeah.